Actor and comedian George Lopez is back in prime time, and this time he brought his real-life daughter, Maya, along for the ride. The show is Lopez versus Lopez, Fridays at 7 Central on NBC. The heartwarming comedy tells the story of a working-class, old-school Latino who moves in with his modern Gen Z daughter as they rebuild their dysfunctional relationship. One argument at a time. And to talk about it all is George Lopez. George, welcome in. No, oh, thank you. It's uh, it's quite a it's quite an experience. I mean, I, I grew up watching sitcoms. You know, this show Lopez versus Lopez is in the old Sanford and Son, uh, Chico and the Man hour. And I mean, nothing made me happier than than even growing up as an only child, being able to secure an hour worth of TV on Friday nights was uh, was amazing. I love that you know that and knew what was in that slot at that time. That's very cool because you know what? It's funny. Like Friday nights, Saturday nights were the pinnacle of television, and it's. Sh- Still yeah. should be. I don't understand like why Saturday nights they just blow off the entire evening when that was you know all in the family Jeffersons you know Archie Bunker all that stuff. You know I'm glad to see a sitcom on a Friday night. You, you know, you know what? You, you, you're exactly right. And you know, I mean, it's it's a big world. It's a huge country. I think there are a lot more people that are uh, lonely and alone. First of all, I never believed when a beautiful woman says, "I'm always at home alone on Saturday nights." I doubt that. But there, there's those are viable nights for TV. You know, Saturday we, you know, those and we'd watch it as a family, and people would watch it as a family, and that really is what the idea of having that box in your house is. Is to connect people. No question. No question. Well, please explain to folks what was behind the idea of doing this series <laughs> with your daughter. Well, you know, first of all, I got a divorce, you know, and and, and the kid to, to always takes it the, the most difficult. And, and, you know, my response was, you know, people get divorced. That didn't work. Uh, and then uh, we didn't speak for a few, a, lot, a few years, you know, where I would we were not talking at all, and uh, you know, I didn't have a father growing up, so if somebody didn't talk to me, I didn't think he was that bad. But as time started to go, and then Mayan, you know, was graduating from high school, and and you know, I went to her graduation and was completely ignored, and all those things. And then you, at some point, you have to own your responsibility and you have to own your mistakes. And uh, you know, my father wasn't around, and I really didn't want to become a father that doesn't speak to his to his daughter. And I one of my friends even said to me, I talked to George, he doesn't talk to his daughter either. And it's like, I don't want that to be my the yeah. line how people describe me. Yeah, I agree. I agree a thousand percent. It's tragic either way, and the kids should not be the casualties in all this, and I know sometimes no. they do, but I'm glad you did that because I almost think in watching this show that there's almost some healing happening here right in front of our eyes. I think so. Yeah, I think you know when 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 I would go when I would go to therapy and sit there with Mayan and she would be telling me with the therapist there and the therapist and I would would have like a side talk and she would say to me you know these are going to be tough sessions because you're going to have to own your responsibility to what you did and uh, she wasn't lying and she would just look at me and be like hang in there you know hang in there take it you know it's going to be all right and you know I, I've said it before you know as tough as those uh, therapy sessions were I don't think it was tougher than the silence in the elevator on the way down. I bet. I bet. I bet. I bet. You know what I love? There's a Chicago connection to all this. So your daughter went to study at Second City here. So she spent time here. You spent time here. You know, 
Mayan told me when she was 12, she wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. And then, you know, <laughs> she was 14, and she goes, I want to go to Second City and study comedy. And she did it. I mean, she, I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I mean, there's nobody that can get you in to Second City. You have to get yourself into Second City. But, you know, I've been coming to Chicago since 91. The funny firm on West Grand was an yeah. amazing club. Oh, and then, you know, all those 90s and, you know, staying and also staying out of Chicago where the, when the NBA was on. Yes. From the playoffs to the end of June. Yeah. Stay out of Chicago. <laughs> it was a lot of activity here. But I have to say, like, you as a comedian, you must have seen, you know, being here attending Second City, that in your daughter, you know, you can go to school all day long, but if the instincts, the talent isn't there, you really can't make it work. But you must have seen this lineage of comedy in her. You know, she had she had that kind of really quick wit early on. You know, I tell somebody like you know uh, that's they have to be older to understand the reference. But in Bewitched, when they had the baby, and then the baby looked at the baby bottle and it floated across the room, and then the, the you know uh, she saw it and she saw her baby moving the bottles. Like, oh, I have to have this conversation with my child that has this power. So you know, the same thing with mine. You know, mine would get in trouble in school for saying things, and then we almost have to you know bring her home and say, you know, you're going to get the urge to say things. You have to be careful. Whether you say them or not, you have yeah. to start. You have to start thinking about what you're going to say before you say it. We're talking to George Lopez and his new series, Lopez versus Lopez, and there's more after a look at your traffic. Day Player Seven Twenty WGM. We're talking to George Lopez. His new series is Lopez versus Lopez Fridays at seven central on NBC. Your daughter grew up on the set of the original George Lopez show, watching you perform right. and dreaming about yeah. that. So she she did have some firsthand exposure, not only to your sense of humor, living with you, growing up with you, but seeing behind the scenes on the show. You know, you know, when we started doing the, you know, we're almost done with the first thirteen, and 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 seeing her every day, I almost like a picture book. I can see her at five years old. I can see her at three. Mm. And I can see her when she was seven and ten. So every day, I, she's a 26-year-old woman. Yeah. But every day when I look at her, I can see her at different ages of her life. And, and cool. you know, if the show continues, I mean, everybody would be happy. But the idea of being able to take your daughter to do something that it became the family business. I was telling, you know, Eddie Van Halen and I were really good friends and, you know, huh. Wolfgang, you know, clearly had the album nominated for a Grammy. And I would always say, hey, it's the family business. You That's know, his dad right. was that way and Alex. And, and, right. and you can't fight genetics, you know, so it's like, hey, man, you know, she's got what I had. Her mother was very funny and also an actress. And it's good to see your kid do love. It's good to see your kid do something that they love. No question. And it, and it really began with a TikTok video that, she did and it might have inspired yeah. all this right i think you know uh, i was playing golf with anthony anderson and and i don't really check my tiktok much but you know mayan did a thing where she was responding to somebody that was uh you know taking aim or saying things about her mother and me and i think she was defending her mother more and then you know she started to twerk upside down and and <laughs> and, and respond the way that Kids do kids on, do. on mm. TikTok, and I remember I was playing golf with Anthony, and he said, "Hey man, uh, you see mine's TikTok this morning?" I said, "Yeah, yeah." He said, "What do you think?" I said, "I, I don't know. I, what can I say? I can't say anything." He goes, "Really? What can I say?" Uh, and and he's like, "Whoa, wow, man, that's that's because what can you say? Take it down? Just like take no. it down." And, and so so 
all of that helped her with her emotion of it, but then also the idea that TikTok could bring two people back together that uh, haven't hadn't spoken in years is pretty powerful. I mean, you know, it's just not about twerking and being semi-nude. No. It's also you can just there's, there's some good things that could come from it. Absolutely. You know, in 2001, uh, the first show, it was groundbreaking to have a full-on Latinx sitcom on television. But here we are in 2022. And it still feels groundbreaking to have a full-on Latinx sitcom on television. And I've seen references as I read about the premiere of the series. And, you know, so many outlets are talking about, oh, Desi in the 1950s and Freddie Prince in the 70s. It seems like we could have done better. You know, I think there was a lot of opportunity for shows to um, succeed. But also, I think, you know, when when you're putting a show together, you have to have somebody involved that knows what the... First of all, I think you're writing to an ethnic group, and I don't think that is the right way. I think funny becomes funny, yes. but in the in the in this world, there's not a lot of. T- it's like almost coming like in combat. You don't have really the time to kind of analyze where you're at when you're taking fire. You know, TV those weeks, and you have to produce really quickly. But I I, I think that. With when I've been involved in the ones that I've done, and you're a collaborative partner, that all has benefit. And when there isn't somebody in the room, or there or there isn't a connection to anything other than the people that might work in your household, then I think you get that kind of level of of, uh, of identity as well. So in the first one, you know, I said, you know, just let me add the color. Let's just write good stories. A lot of them were out of my real life, and this one too is is that you know they're not married. I'm not crazy about the fact. That not married, she has a kid, and they're they're in touch with their emotion. They're very much in love. And then I, you know, in real life, even that was never really found that I could connect to something because of the way that I was raised. So yeah. in the show, there's yeah. a lot of a lot of places to go where uh, deep, you know, rooted comedy and deep rooted pain, and pain is comedy, and all that stuff that they say is, so is, true. is true. So true. Hey, before I let you go, so I watched your first set that you ever did on the Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson and you know such a defining moment for so many comedians but not only did you do that in front of Johnny but you did it in front of Bob Newhart sitting right next to him I mean no pressure there right I did, man. You know, wow, man. That, it's crazy you say that. You know, uh, about a month and a half ago, my wardrobe person said, hey, I got this kind of crazy thing. You know, I got a jeweler, this guy Jonas, and he had he had come up with uh, somebody had somebody had sold him or went to him to sell Johnny Carson's Rolex. So Johnny yeah. Carson, I mean, I remember watching The Tonight Show and seeing that thing shine. I'm like, what is that? First of all, nobody had Rolexes back in that day. Yeah. So he wore it from 1979 to 92 when he left. He wore this Rolex. Wow. And and she said, if you want to see it, I can have it brought over here. And I said, oh, yeah, I'd love to see it. And he goes, no pressure. He said, if he doesn't want to buy it, Dick Wolf wanted to look at it. And across the way here, I could see the building. It's a Johnny Carson building. And I did, you know, the Tonight Show. And when I when I held that watch in my hand, I felt this, like, just this yeah. thing go through me, man. Like this jolt of energy. I think he had it on. He was wearing that watch when I did the show. That's awesome. So I, wow. I, have, I have his watch. I brought it to New York because I thought it had to it had to come back to New York to visit Jimmy and have that idea there at <laughs> NBC that. Uh, 30 that. Rock. And I, and I, thought, I, thought, I think Jimmy thought I was going to give it to him. He's like, uh, oh, this is so <laughs> I thought, no, no, I'm just bringing it almost to, to, to pay as a tribute yeah. to the Tonight Show. I'm keeping it. Yeah, but it, it's, but yeah, man, I mean, it, 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 it was something that was so 
unexpected, especially after seeing Freddie Prinz and being inspired by Chico and the Man and, and, and all that stuff, that this whole thing in my life would, would come true. How cool is that? Lopez versus Lopez, Fridays at 7 Central on NBC. George, love chatting with you, and thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for your time, Dave. Actor, comedian, and author George Lopez. All right, news is next here on 720 WGN.